This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. The Jay Severin Show. So now, now you're, now you want the Olympic update, huh? Huh? An Olympic update ye shall get. Excelsior. Best and brightest, Jay Severin, with you, my partner, the Blaze Radio Network, 1-888-900-3393. 1-888-900-3393. I done been banging and banging and banging on the dough of this story, and I know that I, I, I think we've made the Olympics more interesting because... Obviously, we are covering elements of it, dimensions of it that other people uh, won't. But today, and I wasn't seeking vindication. We weren't seeking vindication. We, we know what we talk about is ahead of the curve. And so very often, we've become accustomed years ago to the notion that, what, what, are, you, what are you talking about that for? Because it's tomorrow's headline. It just happens to be today. Okay, Olympic update, and truly it is. Now, ironically, this also and initially causes uh, for a retraction. But for now, the Olympic update is more scandal. More and, well, better scandal, if you're a, a news hound. More scandal. And as a bonus... This is the lead story, not only in the USA, but on the planet. This is the lead story. Yesterday, a board member, one of the few board members, one of the biggest Whigs running the Olympics, board member of the International Olympic Committee, was arrested in his hotel room with, some reports say 800, some reports say a couple thousand tickets which he is alleged to have been selling onto the black market for cash, which is so disgraceful when you think about it. And to my mind, far more disgraceful than anything that may originally, or I'm sorry, eventually derive from the Ryan Lotke story. Now, Ryan, if I've got that first name right, B, is it Ryan? Do you know? Ryan Lotke. Yeah. Ryan Lotke is the second most famous swimmer in the world. And one of the problems, of course, inherent in being the second most important athlete in what is still a fairly obscure sport. When I say obscure, I know you think I'm crazy, but 
That's okay. We already knew that. But think about it. You know, if I didn't tell you, Ryan Locke, if I said to name the second most famous swimmer, uh, the, mo- the second most accomplished swimmer of all time. You know, unless we're talking about uh, soccer or cricket, the world's two most popular games, then you go to the NBA, and then it's a toss-up. I mean, probably NFL, but you know, you know what I'm saying. So it's still swimming. Most people have to be told that the second most accomplished Olympic swimmer of all time is Ryan Lotke. Now, here is the story, just so that anyone who does not know knows, and I promise to give you a very short version, because very short is all I know, or all I understand of the story. It starts with Ryan Lotke on, I think it was Monday morning. But a couple days ago, Ryan Lotke appeared on the Today Show and said, just out of nowhere, said, well, I've been up all night, and one of the reasons is I was robbed at gunpoint. A gun pointed to my head with the finger on the trigger. I was robbed. And... As I understand it, either then or since then, he said they took, you know, they took our wallets, our watches. Uh, uh, I think there was a claim they took our Olympic credentials. So he was robbed at gunpoint, gun to the head. This, when I heard it, I reported to you as part of the crime wave in Rio, which, by the way, even now if you if you subtract from that list, this... I heard today for the first time the partial list of crimes that have been committed. It's unbelievable because the only crimes that I heard in this report from a very, very credible news source, Jared Max of Fox News, Jared Max read the list of crimes right off the top of his head, and they all involved Olympic athletes, Olympic uh, officials, referees, uh, officials. Just those are a list of crimes like you wouldn't believe. We don't even know yet, and we'll never know the list of, you know, mothers and daughters from Chicago who went to visit and were punched in the face and had their shopping bags and cell phones and purses stolen, all of that. It's rampant, rampant. This place is a hell, Rio is a hellhole, but we knew that, talked about it before the Olympics started. All right, Ryan Lotke, I was robbed at gunpoint, and by the way, I was robbed by police, police, or people who looked to us like police. They had badges, they had uniforms. All right, we hear nothing about it for two days, and now all of a sudden we hear that the police, who don't have much of a sense of humor about this, have been looking into it, and they've gathered the security camera video together. And what that video shows, and now what the nascent police investigation shows, is that the four of them, who were out after curfew, by the way, were in a Rio gas station at somewhere between 4.30 and 6 a.m. 
They were belligerent. They allegedly kicked in a door, committed vandalism, peed all over the place, were confronted, picked a fight with the security guard, tried to flee, were stopped, police were called, they got a taxi to uh, take them out of there before police arrived. Hours later, Ryan Lotke got on a plane and returned to the United States where he is now. The other three swimmers, uh, two of the other three, attempted a couple hours later to leave for the United States. And they were, the plane was held on the runway and federal authorities, uh, Brazilian uh, federal authorities, physically yanked them off the plane and, and uh, put them in handcuffs and put them into interrogation. Now, go back to Lockie's original story about having been robbed. Not only is there absolutely no evidence of that, again, we're, we're early in this story, but not only is there no evidence thus far of that, but the security camera TV evidence, such as it is, shows uh, some different things. For instance, when Ryan Lotke was entering the security checkpoint to re-enter the Olympic Village, the Athletes Village, when he walked in, this is like a shot. The camera's five feet away. I've seen it ten times already. You may have too. Ryan Lotke is holding, he's holding up his hands, his arms, like, put up your hands, okay? But he's doing it to get through security. And on one wrist, he has his very expensive watch. And in the other hand, he has his wallet. And around his neck, he has his credentials. And you can see, if you look, that his buddies seem to have their watches and credentials, raising the question, which may be minor in all of this now, what is it they... What is it the robbers stole? <laughs> what? Well, what did they take? Their socks? I mean, what is it exactly that the robbers robbed? Um, well, the Lotke story appears demonstrably false. And you might ask, you might ask, you might well ask, why is this a story? At least at this point, I can say to you, best and brightest, it is a story. It's the number one story the lead A1, A block lead story in all of American media and a media uh, and media worldwide. And well, you might ask, why? How? And in a moment, I hope to be able to answer that. This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com.
The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, partners. I'm Jay Severin, 1-888-900-3393, 1-888-900-3393. And those of us, I hope not a tiny minority, who have found interest in the sociological phenomena spun off these Olympics, well, we've been rewarded. Yesterday's scandal uh, of the uh, highest Olympic officials involved in graft and corruption and trying to make petty cash out of selling tickets, which is just utterly disgraceful. But now we have one of the most famous athletes in the world, uh, certainly one of the most accomplished, but arguably one of the most famous, Ryan Lotke, uh, who would be Michael Phelps, but for Michael Phelps. Now, this is breaking news because the first press conference the authorities in Brazil are having is ongoing right now live as we speak so it started exactly as we went to air i cannot report to you uh other than some some chiron titles up here uh one says we've not reached any conclusion on charges which goes to an interesting point i'll raise in a second but one other point that's been uh reported is that you don't hear anything of the fourth swimmer Right, You hear all about Ryan Lockie, and then you hear, occasionally, you hear about two other swimmers, and they mention their names, but you never hear about the fourth swimmer. And I just found that curious. Uh, if, if, if you heard about no one but Lockie, I would understand that. But if you hear about three of the four, I've wondered about that. This may help explain it. According to... The news, as is being reported by Fox and this press conference right now, the fourth swimmer, and I don't know which of the four it is, absolutely sung like a canary. Now, presumably, I don't know this, but presumably he was not one of the four, one of the, there were four of them. One of them did not try to get on the next plane home. I'm guessing it's this kid, but I don't know. What we are told, we don't know it, but what we are being told is that one of the four turned on the other three. I mean, this guy sung like Pavarotti. This guy turned everybody. This guy threw everyone under the train. And that will be interesting. Because Ryan Lotke, who may be charged, and the charges being discussed, this I do know, the charges being discussed uh, by the Brazilian authorities previous to the press conference, they, they answered questions about, well, okay, if you won't tell us whether you're pressing charges, uh, whether you're pursuing prosecution, would you tell us at least... If you did, under Brazilian law, what laws might apply? And the prosecutor uh, named those. It was not necessarily an exhaustive list, but they included at least two felonies. Two felonies. Now, 
I don't know this, but I'm certainly wondering, in as much as Ryan Lotke fled the jurisdiction, which is always my advice to my clients, uh, even though I am not an attorney, my advice to my political clients and any others is, while you wait for this to develop or to die, flee the jurisdiction. Flee the jurisdiction. Get out of Dodge. And Ryan Lotke did. Ryan Lotke got on a plane and left. The next two swimmers in this group of four, this gang of four, tried and were hauled off the plane before it could take off. So this raises the interesting, nay, fascinating question, extradition. Does the United States enjoy reciprocal extradition arrangements, extradition, the means and agreement by which someone wanted for crimes in country A who has fled to or is otherwise residing in country B, is there a pre-existing agreement of extradition between countries A and B that they will give up wanted people and return them against their will to the country that wants them? Do we have extradition with Brazil? I think we do. I'm nearly certain we do. I'll wait. I'll wait for word on that. But I, I put me down as n- nearly sure that we do have extradition with uh, Brazil. If we do, and if Ryan Lotke is asked to return, and that would be almost surely what they would do at first. They wouldn't just indict him straight off. They would ask him to return for questioning. And this, I mean, if I were advising Ryan Lotke, I would say, you want to be very, very careful about this. This is the story about the, what is it, the tarantula, uh, the alligator offering to help you cross the stream. I mean, yeah, they'll say, no, we just want to talk to you. We just want we just want to question you. We just want to interrogate you. So you're not under charges right now, though. Of course, we uh, we harbor the privilege of bringing them at a time we may or may not wish to do so. So we'd like you to return for questioning. Mm, caveat: Danger, Will Robinson. Danger, Will Robinson. But that's up to him and his lawyer because uh, the damage is mostly done. The only reason I would return, the only reason, the only rationale of even considering returning and appearing to do so voluntarily is to proclaim your innocence and clear your name if you can. Because you know what? If he does not completely clear his name, and I don't know at this point, given what we already know, I don't know if it's possible for Ryan Lotke to clear his name such that it crosses this hurdle. You know what the 50 to $100 million question is here? It's the personal and product endorsements and the income that would make Ryan Lotke a very, very rich man 
that are sitting there on the table in a New York law firm waiting to be signed. And someone came in during the night and took those contracts and shredded them. Because if Ryan Lotke decides that his criminal legal exposure is too great and he fights this and he doesn't return if requested and he fights extradition or if he's extradited and charged, God forbid, are you kidding me? Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. You are my partners. I am Jay Severin, 1-888-900-3393. Again, what makes this so interesting to me, and I hope to you, is not that one needn't be a sports fan. We're not talking about sports. (laughs) We've talked about the Olympics every day. The Olympics have been on, I think, pretty much. But we've never talked about sport. We've virtually never uttered a word about sport. Which I think is a credit to us. I mean, one needs to be able to talk about the Olympics without talking about, you know, hey, did you see that technique in the shot put? You know, because I, 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 I'm not sure you care. And I know that I'm too dumb uh, on those matters to be able to speak to them or make intelligent conversation. Let's get back to the part that is interesting and fun. Although some of the athletes may not be having a lot of fun right now. And that is, before we move on, extradition. What makes extradition interesting at this point is that Ryan Lotke is the only one they really want because he's the big fish. He's the one with the big mouth so far. Now, I'll apologize to him if and when we find out he was robbed at gunpoint. But inasmuch as all, everything he's claimed has been demonstrated to be demonstrably false by the security cameras and, I mean, everything else. He was robbed at gunpoint and he said what they took and he showed up and he's on camera with his wallet, his watch, his keys, his cell phone, uh, his credentials. I mean, what did they take? What did they take? His socks? So, and all of his buddies showed up with all their stuff too. And he's the only, he's the one they want. He's the only one that got out of the country. Ryan Lotke is home. He might be listening right now. He's back in the United States of America, which is where I'd want to be. But what makes this question interesting is, Suppose Brazil, under a number of guises, you know, the first would be, we just want to talk to you. No response. Okay, we're indicting you. And we're going to invoke the laws of extradition that exist, if they do, between the United States and Brazil. We are demanding under international law and treaty that your country return you to us for investigation and prosecution 
uh, against your will. Well, let's say the response to that is, go fish. Okay. If Brazil, and this is a huge, right, diplomatic, political, Olympic question uh, of, of many, many integers. Think about this, right? But if Brazil decides to be prickish about this, they could say to the United States, produce, produce Ryan Lotke. Produce the person of Ryan Lotke and produce him on Brazilian soil by Sunday at the outside. Produce him within, probably more likely, produce him within 24 hours on Brazilian soil. Now, I'm just thinking as the Attorney General of Brazil might think if I were ordered to be prickish about it. Okay? Produce the person of Ryan Lotke into our custody in 24 hours. If you don't, we're going to confiscate the passports of every single American athlete, official, family member, tourist, or any subgroup, a portion thereof. So maybe we won't bother the tourists. Maybe there are other people, Americans, we won't bother. But let's suppose we just revoke the passports, confiscate the passports of all American athletes. Nobody gets to go home until you produce Ryan Lotke into our custody. Gets interesting, huh? And so you might ask, why is this a story? Again, I'm playing this out, I know, to the nth degree, but... Uh, it's it's not utterly fantastic, is it? You might ask, why else is this a story? Well, it's a fine question, and it's probably the single most important one. And the answer is 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 revelatory as to how media works. And we're always looking for keys to how media works. Well, how media works is they always cover the single most contentious. And if possible, salacious element of any and all stories. Politics? If a guy has just introduced a bill to reintroduce slavery. Alright, play with me here. If, if a guy has just reintroduced a bill to permit slavery on a state-to-state basis... And the same night, he's caught making out with a stripper, and they have video of it. Which is going to be the lead story? I know that I'm using extremes, well, at least one of the two, extremes to make a point. But what's the media going to cover? Now, I give you as evidence... For instance, the last 24 hours of the Trump campaign. 
Trump campaign made, uh, well, changes is even not, not entirely fair. The Trump campaign added two uh, high-level professionals to the campaign. And Trump gave a major speech on policy, on law and order and security. Have you seen any coverage at all of what Donald Trump said about law and order and security? Of course not. No editor wants that. The editor's going to throw you out. Remember how this works. Reporters virtually, no matter their level, unless they're anchors, any reporter is arguing with an editor to get their story on in the A block and ideally... They want the lead story. So at Fox, John Roberts, or his producer, his senior producer, is arguing with New York against the senior producer of, uh, of Cameron and all the other reporters on the Fox slate. They all are arguing with New York that my story, are you kidding me? My story is the most important story. My story should lead. Because when your story leads, that's there's prestige with that. There's professional acclaim for that. It's natural. It's true in every, right? It's true in life. It's true in every profession. So they're all jockeying at any given moment to get their stories on as close to the top of the hour as possible. And you go into an editor and say, I've, I've, got, this, I've got this story and... It involves this guy who wants to reconsider slavery. And also we've got this video of him groping a stripper, both of them half naked, uh, you know, in his backyard last night. Are you kidding me? Are you really kidding me about what they're going to run? Now, again, I am using extremes to illustrate a point, but I think you get my point. So when it comes to media... Politics, sex. The Olympics, sex. Government, sex. And the Olympics, if there's no sex, crime. Give me crime. Give me something salacious. And that's why I say the $50 million, at least, question and answer here is the amount of personal product endorsement money this is likely to cost Ryan Loki. This is the only reason why Ryan Loki would return under any circumstances to Brazil. Because even it, no matter what he does, this is very likely a career-crushing event. And overall, a black eye for an Olympics, which, as predicted here and discussed by us well before and during these Olympics... Uh, this is another black eye for these Olympics that has tarnished the image of all Olympics in our lifetimes. And what a shame, what, what a brutal, awful shame for the athletes who have quietly, anonymously devoted their lives, whose parents have 
taken second mortgages, who have sold their homes, sold their cars, who have taken three jobs, who have done everything, changed their lives forever in order to afford and provide the necessary lessons and training and around-the-clock lifestyle of training a young Olympic athlete. What a brutal shame for athletes who have devoted their lives and their families' lives honestly to the sacrifice required for this, to represent their country, to be caught up in all of this. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Okay, partners, as we close out our increasingly salacious and thus enjoyable Olympic update for the day, unless you at one 3393 have a question, complaint, observation, criticism, other bon mot, as you feel appropriately contributory to today's show, uh, unless you do, and it has to do with this, we're... We're now sailing out of this port. Uh, and and in saying bon voyage uh, and bon temps, uh, I just want to add that uh, the Brazilian charges do include two felonies, which could could make this, as my personal friend Tone Loke would say, a big old mess. Uh, also, the defendants, the other defendants, were evidently unprepared as, you know, swimmers tend to be, they were unprepared for professional police interrogation, even if it's the Rio police. And one of them sang like a canary and uh, and, and has already given sworn testimony that Lotke uh, made up all of these stories. And he said, look, I didn't do anything. I want to go home. Brian made, Ryan made all this stuff up. I'll swear to it. I'll sign it. Here it is. Give it to me. He's a liar. I want to go home. This is not the best news for uh, Ryan Lotke, generally speaking. Uh, And breaking news out of the police interrogation? No, no, out of the press conference. Sorry, out of the press conference. The uh, Brazilian prosecutor led with this factoid. The taxi driver that was driving around, the, their chauffeur for the night was a taxi driver, in a taxi. Taxi driver determined by eavesdropping on his passengers that the girls that were with them at some point during the trip had, quote, stayed with them, end quote. And the guy made a big difference, a big deal out of this. Said, "What's the word to use? I want to be very careful." Oh yes, thank you. Stayed. These girls stayed with the defendants. I think I know what he thinks we want him to mean by that, but I'm not sure. But the girls stayed with them. He said, which the taxi driver 
duly reported to the police. WTF? The taxi driver overheard that the girls that had been with them in the taxi had stayed with them, and so he reported it to police, and police responded. So whatever he means by that, there was an apparent, at least theoretical, commission of crime in this. And lastly, where we are is that now the multi-jurisdictions of Rio, the municipality, of the federal government of Brazil, of the International Olympic Committee, of the business interests of the United States of America federal law, of the constitutional rights of Ryan Lotke, American citizen, all these multi-jurisdictions and multi-interests now clash and some want this to be a hanging party and others want it to go away. And is what's going to happen somewhere in the middle? Maybe, maybe not. But right now, it's ugly and Olympic. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Best and brightest, the latest, most definitive, most relevant declaration out of the Brazilian government from this ongoing press conference is this. Contrary to the swimmers, Ryan Lotke et al., contrary to their claims, there was never any robbery, period, end quote, full stop. Switching gears, if you wish, ask yourself, as I now ask you, if, if a foreign country or countries, I think we have a few in mind, if a foreign interest could affect profoundly affect American policy and do it via a presidential election. If, if a foreign country could manipulate American foreign policy by manipulating an American presidential election, if, if handed that opportunity, would they? Veritas. Welcome back, best and brightest. I am Jay Severin. We are together, the Blaze Radio Network. one 888 That's the partner's line. One of our partners has used the partner's line, and we're thus about to go to it, but I do wish to follow up on my opening question here. 
If a foreign country, particular foreign countries in particular, could affect American policy by manipulating us, voters, and hence the election, would they? Well, it's a rhetorical question. It's a trick question. You know they would. Given the trillions of dollars spent by countries on their intelligence networks, given what we spend on the Mossad, because we do. We give Israel so much money that like, we pay for the Mossad, which often spies on us. That's okay with me. The Mossad and the CIA and the KGB, now named the, what, the GRU, uh, it doesn't really matter. None of these uh, alphabet soup things matter. Uh, the, you know, the North Koreans, the Iranians, uh, the, the, everyone's got the secret police. Everyone's got their own CIA. And given the trillions they spend on that, imagine how theoretically easy it might relatively be to influence an American election and how much bigger a bang for your buck you would get for that if you were an enemy or a friend even. If you wanted to control, influence American foreign policy, imagine if you could. How big might be the list of nations that would? And I submit to you that list would be long. I mentioned it for this reason. History suggests that Russia is poised to invade the Ukraine. Now, I know you could say, well, they've already invaded the Ukraine. Well, they haven't really. I mean, they've, there's been a lot of subterfuge with rebels that say, we're really Russians and we want, we, we want the Ukraine to be Russian again. And, and, you know, and of course, Putin backs that. And it's, so officially, it's not the Russian army. You get the whole deal. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, you know, mad, rabbit out of a hat, uh, foreign policy. But right now, because we don't pay a lot of attention to foreign policy on our news, and I don't know as much about this as a lot of other people do. I'll say that up front. But I do know this. I know that Russia historically, before invading a place does certain things with military exercises and other things. They're doing all of those now, and Russia has rushed its troops to within shouting distance of the Ukrainian border. And a lot of experts who could be wrong, and I'm not declaring, I'm asking, but... I'm asking this, is it not true that what Russia is doing right now fits historically everything they do before they move to invade a country? And I'm nearly certain the answer is yes. Let's stipulate for the purposes of argument that Putin may and indeed will presently invade the Ukraine. What would that mean for us politically? And the question is, 
Well, what would be Putin's motives? Charles Krauthammer is arguing that Russian aggression in Ukraine would absolutely influence the American election. Absolutely influence. And I don't know. I don't know. But what I relatively little I know compared to the experts tells me to believe Charles Krauthammer. I think that if Putin invaded, look, as long as we're making stuff up, suppose Putin invaded Poland tomorrow. The United States of America would be forced, period. It would be forced. We would be forced. You know what we'd be forced? We'd be forced to do something or to do nothing. What would we do? If Obama did something, I think that it would probably benefit Hillary Clinton. If, if Obama did something and Clinton said, yes, I support the president, right thing to do, absolutely. We cannot stand still and let Russia uh, you know, invade other countries. It, it may or may not benefit Clinton, but I think it would on balance. If we did nothing, which I think is Obama's inclination, which would put Clinton in a very difficult position, Because after this love orgy of a campaign vis-a-vis Obama, would Clinton all of a sudden have to say, Obama is wrong. Obama needs to do something. Obama has done nothing. I, on the other hand, would do something. Does that divorce her from, you know, the Obama teat to which she's been attached? I don't know, but I know that it would affect our election one way or the other and would it help trump can you imagine what donald trump would say if putin invaded and he's not going to invade poland but you know if he invades the ukraine if putin invades anybody between now and election day it's it's certainly plausible and if putin sees that it's a way of influencing the american election of course, of course, he's going to consider it. And as you may know, two days ago, when Russian bombers and long-range fighter bombers took off to bomb Syria, they took off from an Iranian base. Yes, an Iranian base. Russia has an Air Force base in Iran. It's the first time in the history of Iran, unprecedented in history, Iran has allowed a foreign power to operate military strikes from their soil. Without us knowing anything about it, apparently, Putin cut a deal with the radical Islamists in Iran, and now Russia has a base in Iran, which, even knowing as little as I know, it seems to me, is a message to a lot of other people in the Middle East and a lot of people outside the Middle East, including you and me. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. 
on the Blaze Radio Network. With and only with partners, I am Jay Severin, Scott from Boston, and may I add in advance, it is always a pleasure to speak to somebody from the Commonwealth. Yeah, you know, we, we all have to live in a state where we pay high taxes, Massachusetts, and we have a good hockey team, we have good weather at this time of year, other than that, I'm not too fond of it. But, and I, I'm afraid uh, I've deprived you of your what I've decided is uh, a title that, uh, frankly, almost everyone I've decided now that I've just seen about thirty or forty people in the last twenty-four hours on cable television who, uh, they're, if they're on, they call them strategists. Doesn't matter if you your your credential is you licked some envelopes for an hour as a college freshman in an, in a, as a volunteer in a state legislative campaign you are now a democrat strategist so wow. uh welcome back scott from boston a republican strategist yes or as i identify myself a common sense conservative that is my political identification just so you know welcome back scott from boston common sense conservative strategist yes Okay, I disagree with Charles Krauthammer. I think he's given too much credit to the electorate. Um, it reminds me, going back a few, yeah, he is. He, he's assuming that people think, and they don't. They're, they're, are you kidding me? I would say one in, geez, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm, under, I'm undercutting here. I'm going to say 5% of the population actually listens, thinks, and makes an educated gas opinion, you know, forms their own you know, have an opinion, what they want to do, where most people just go, well, Trump seems weird. I'm voting Hillary. It's like, well, thank you, idiot. You know what I mean? So I think he's given, I think he's given the electorate too much credit. I mean, remember the imbecile voting tour bus we were talking about a few weeks ago? The imbecile? Yeah. 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 Go right down 995. I think a generic, just to be as fair as it gives me the hives to be, you know, too fair, but to try to be as fair as possible, Scotty, the uh, when Americans are saying at a rate of 75 plus percent that the nation is dangerously off on the wrong track, if that's true, if you and I, I'm not arguing whether it is or isn't, but if that's what 75 percent of our fellow citizens believe how is it possible that Hillary Clinton gets elected? Yeah, true, man. You're right, Jay. I mean, if, if, if the common, you know, the random person just walking down the street says, yeah, the country's going in the wrong direction, then, you know, there may be a surprise. The polls make it blown out of the water, Jay. Like you said, you've got the quiet Trump No, no, polls. I agree. Don't talk I, about, I agree. There, there could be a silent majority for Trump, and my only rational basis for that claim or belief, Scott, is that I have never seen the wrong track question since World War II, not since I've been watching it since then, but it's been in existence since then. And it has never, in fact, been ever nearly this high. And what scares me, Jay, is this. I think the I have faith in the American people, capital A, American people. To vote Agreed. Trump in over Hillary. What scares me is this. 
you know, the illegals coming in and the Democrat angles, there's a lot of shady stuff going on. And I mean, we both know that. That's why they want. Do you think Hillary and the Democrat Party or the liberal base wants to bring in all these immigrants because they actually care about them personally? No, they know that they're going to keep them in power. Of course. So we're we're up against the tide, man. The the fact that Trump was even in the in the game is impressive. You know what I mean? This could have easily been a blowout. You know, the fact that he's See, close Trump's, is impressive. I think Trump's, and in the end, this will be necessary if there's any hope of change i'm not even saying in my heart of hearts or in the veil of secrecy the 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 chamber of silence here in my own living room with my family at night i don't sing the praises of trump what i do is i agree along with them that things are wrong on the wrong track and thus i want change because rational human beings if they think that what you're doing at the moment is changeable and what you're doing is hurting you you change it of course or, or, sh- or shut up you know jay i had an old bookie back when i used to bet sports he, he gave me one of the best lessons i ever learned in my life this is going back 15 years he said how many times do you have to hit your head in the ceiling before you stop jumping on the bed i mean <laughs> enough exactly right and, Simply and the, put or the, what and the reverse being true, you know, I mean, if you want, if, if what's happening is bad, change it. As, as we're yeah. all acquainted with, the definition, the most accessible, understandable definition of insanity is the continued, is a continued behavior that fails in hopes that the same behavior will bring you a different result. So if you're, if you're unhappy with the way things are going, and thus probably equally unhappy at the prospects of how things are likely to go, Scott, then rational people say to themselves, well, let's try something different. Well, there's the operative term. We're we're assuming that people are rational. That's what's scary, Jay. I'm not so sure how much of a (laughs) voting public is. But uh, here's one I I wanted to uh, talk to you about real quick. I have a little little post-it here. I said, I'm going to mention this to Jay. What may save Trump is this. Okay, he can't stop shooting himself in the foot. Me and you have talked about this now four times. <laughs> but Hillary, is she's been caught in scandals for 30 years, give or take, one after the other. And let's not assume that it's going to stop today. So I expect another scandal in September, maybe one in October, another scandal. Wiki, God knows what it's going to be. So Trump may, you know, backdoor into the presidency, meaning default, by default. You know, I mean, Hillary is that scandalous and that ridiculous where she may just defeat herself. He, he may run out of time, not in the sense to gain voters, but to expose her for her ridiculousness and this scandalous. It's ridiculous. It's almost like I can't wait for September to see what's next. What's the next scandal? What You know what I mean? Where does it end? Here's my, it here's my fear. It hasn't ended. Here's my fear, Scott. How bad does Hillary need to be for her base to abandon her? And I think that's a rhetorical question, and here's why. Cutting out everything else, just taking this in a vacuum, if you, if the Scott family, existed day-to-day on a check that I sent you, if you existed 
on a check I sent you, and then someone called you up and said, you know that guy that sends you that check every month? Do you do you know that he's a wicked bastard? Do you know that he's a whoremonger? Do you know that he beats his wife? Do you know that he steals from little children? And you would say, well, that's terrible. And you'd, right. you'd say, who you'd cares? Say, those Keep things, printing it. Those yeah. things, exactly right. And you, you'd say, those things are terrible. This is a bad man. I, I don't endorse those things. I decry those things. I condemn. I renounce. I denounce those things. And, and then I'd say, so shall I tell him to stop sending you the check? <laughs> this, is, right. this is where we are with Hillary scandals. And all I can do is 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 laugh in the most cynical way when I hear up oh, new email scandal new emails uh, uh, Scott if you'd like to hold I'd like to continue but you could show me murderous video they want the Jay check Severin. the Blaze Radio Network. Show. You want to know why Ryan uh, Kotke? I've forgotten already. What's his name? Lotke. Thank you, B. Ryan Lotke, why his endorsement has been diminished to me? One reason is I saw him do an interview and he seemed like a dick. And I, so I, I just didn't, he didn't seem clever or bright or even nice. He didn't seem nice. He didn't seem nice. And endorsement money comes from someone coming across such that you say, I'd like to hang out with that guy. You know, would you like to hang out with this guy for a night? Yeah, that would be fun. I didn't get that feeling with him. It's a minor thing, and it's a highly, obviously, highly subjective thing. But the other thing is, you want to know why he's hurt? Why his brand is hurt with me? He's a famous Olympic athlete. He went out to celebrate with three other guys. Fine. Fine. But he came home with three other guys. The the exciting part of their evening was peeing and getting in a fight at a gas station at 6 o'clock in the morning. I promise you, if I had been out in Rio or Poughkeepsie, and whether or not I was an Olympic athlete, the measure of my evening and whether or not it was a success would be whether I came home with three other people, but all of them female. I mean, this guy has everything going for him. He goes out with four guys. He comes home with four guys. What's he going to advertise to me? Viagra? Scott, welcome back. Give me one second. 
want to speak of that, Jay? Okay, can you hear me good? Yes, sir. Very well, good. Uh, okay, here we go. Yes, Locke. Yes. And uh, about him, yeah. That's, that, you you don't need to talk about him. him. I just wanted to throw it in. Well, I wanted to make a comment on it, and it speaks to good. the media. It's just amazing how this is a big story because he's an Olympic swimmer, got robbed, allegedly. They're saying he lied about it, and the truth will yeah, come there's out. Yeah, no, there's now no, it seems to be no question that he didn't get robbed. Isn't that crazy? So there's two dynamics to this story, in my opinion. A, if he's lying about it, like, he's lucky to get out of that country without being locked up because filing a false police report is a serious charge. Secondly, oh, because he can swim, it's a news story. Like, if I was down there watching, uh, <laughs> visiting, if I got robbed, Jay, do you think it would be on Fox News? If uh, a Severn caller gets robbed on, uh, you know, no, no one cares. So I hate that part of the media because they're, the guy swims. He still, you know, he still pisses like I do. And hopefully that makes yeah, the They uh, love it sick, now, though. You know? They love it now because. Well, Jay, what's the saying? If it bleeds, it leads. As long as it's drama, yeah, then it's It's itself. exactly right. He, he's, he's better than a night fire. <laughs> How sad is that, though? Isn't that crazy? No, I, that's the a night fire at a factory, you know, or a shopping mall that they could shoot from a helicopter. A night fire is a news director's wet dream. Wow. So right now, the news director is hoping. Right now, we'll run with the Lochte story. But in the meantime, hopefully there's a fire where kids are jumping for their lives. That's oh, Absolutely. Thinking. Oh, I, well, they've got it. Floodwaters in Louisiana. I shouldn't, be, I shouldn't be laughing. It's not funny. No, I know. No, floodwaters in Louisiana, which is just about it. That's the daytime equivalent of night fire, is rushing floodwaters, which trap cars and from which people have to be rescued. That's the daytime equivalent of night fires. Yeah, if it bleeds, it leads. It is. It's all it's exactly. It's, it's exactly right. And as for Hillary Clinton, whether or not we, we get back on that now or ever, um, I, we were finishing when, when we were interrupted by the clock, this notion that, wait, wait, there's a new email. No, a new, new. No, wait, a new, new, new Hillary Clinton email story. Dream on. Does anyone think that Anything, if we have video of Hillary Clinton strangling family members, and she is on the video saying, I did it, F you, so what? Her vote will, she'll get, she'll get maybe 2,000 fewer votes, and, and, and that's it. You're not even, you're, you're being facetious, but you're not. I mean, that's pretty No, I, I am, but I'm not, you're right. Yeah. No, it's it. The people who are for Hillary are for Hillary because she is the conduit for your stuff. She, they get free stuff. They get other people's money. They get other people's free stuff. And she is guaranteeing it. And so, you know, did you hear that Hillary strangled her daughter? That's really awful. It's not going to affect mail delivery, is it? What if she shut up the post office? That might be a conflict of interest. No, what, what, what would uh, well, no, I don't know about a conflict of interest. It might it might cause them to be less interested in her if it delayed their check by a couple of days. Oh, too funny, too funny. I swear you're half comedian. You don't even know it. Um, but with Hillary, though, everything you just said, I agree with. But remember, what we're fighting over is the ten percent. I don't know, you know, give or take percentage wise, the independent vote. 
So in my opinion, the scandals, if they do keep coming, that is going to deter some of the independents that are like, eh, I don't know. And I said this too in the last call. I still don't understand how one could be undecided. It blows my mind. It's like, what do you mean? I know. I mean, it's it's I know. so obvious to me. It's like, really? You're either against or like, that blows my mind, Jay. But the ignoramus is out there. You know, if we can get one more scandal. Pardon me. Which is- ignoramus. Oh, yes. I remember that from a few calls ago. Plural. <laughs> Are you sure about that? I might call you out on that. Are you sure about that? I may, I may Google it and tell you you're wrong. Are you sure? Go, go ahead. I, I, go, go, please, please. I invite you. I, I could be. I could. I, everything I say is subject to uh, challenge. Saying ignoramuses does sound a little sloppy. So I think you probably. Well, right. it also sounds. It English. also sounds. It also makes one sound rather dildonic to say stadii around the NFL (laughs) rather than stadiums, doesn't it? Yeah. Like when you sit down for a beer and wings with your buddies and you go, well, I don't know what the outcome will be of the various games around the stadii today in the NFL. And they look around and say, what is this? Is this the transgender bar? What what is this stadii stuff? I would I would certainly get their attention if I said that. As a matter of fact, I'm going to. That's that's great. All right, Jay, I'm going to make a quick transition. Various college, the opinion on various college campi. Oh God! But would that be proper? People, is it campi? Yes. Would that be accurate to talk like that? Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. Interesting. No kidding. Really. Don't try it, though. Don't try this at home. No, no. I don't want to get a beer thrown off my head and told to shut up, so I won't. But, no, I I, I do like to – I'm always interested in being educated and learning. So, Jay, I'm going to switch gears. This is a major transition. We're going to go from first gear to fifth if I'm great at the time. Okay. Do Do it. Burn rubber. The the RNC – we're going to go – by the way, I have music time to this, and I know you're music fans. You're going to like it. Um, Remember Ted Cruz's speech at the RNC? I believe mm-hmm. it was after his speech, they play a song as he's leaving the stage. This is, this is uh, inside baseball here. I hope you're ready for this one. The song they played was a song by The Who called Eminence Fronts. Have you ever heard that song, Eminence Front? I'm sure I have, but I cannot, based on the title, conjure a, a tune from it. Well, you'll get where I'm going in a minute. Because I was like, I love this song. What does that mean anyway? I'm like I said, I'm always trying to sponge knowledge. I really am. Like if I don't know it, I want to learn it. I googled eminence, and I guarantee you probably know what eminence means. I I know what eminence means, but I just don't know. I don't. I can't. I cannot call to mind a tune based on that. That's true of many famous songs. I don't know the. I don't know the titles. I know the tunes. Okay, so the song is called Eminence Front. I Googled what eminence right. means. It means the superior. Oh, you could tell me. Why don't you say it? You know what it is. The superior. Station. Uh, re- recognition of station or status. An exalted status. Yes. And front, we know what that means, meaning BS, a front. So I found that interesting. And this is right after they tried to plagiarize, um, well, my Mrs. Trump, excuse me, I forget her name. What's her name? Milan, Milan. Uh, the original Number, or current? The, yeah, right. No, the current uh, one, current actually. Would be, um, yes, uh, would be uh, Melania, yes. Yes. So they were saying she plagiarized. And then the very next night, Cruz gave a speech. I believe it was Cruz. I might be wrong. It was either Cruz or... Um, Pats, uh, well, it's irrelevant. It was. It wasn't right. the presidential candidate, and that song he, they exited the stage to was Eminence Front. And I'm sitting there going, 
this seems like a like more sabotage. Eminence front meaning false sense of, you know, it's a front. It's a false sense of everything's cool. And it got me thinking, and I'm probably digging a little too deep here, but it made me think. Right, so, what, so the insinuation and, is that the song was maybe poorly chosen because the title suggests a, a, uh, a an incompatibility with the campaign? It was 100% a poorly chosen song. My only question is, was it chosen ignorantly by his own campaign, or was it another plan? Like, I couldn't believe it when I looked it up. It means, yeah. If virtually, doing- if virtually anyone could ascribe to it a negative attribution, then I would say it was probably poorly chosen. Which it was. And that's like a political thing, you know. And and I'm a huge music fan. I'm probably digging a little deep here. But that made me think about campaign songs. So I come up with a couple. Are you ready? Here we go. Donald Trump's campaign song, Tumbling Dice by Rolling Stones. I know he's a (laughs) All right. I got a couple more, yeah. Here's Hillary's Won't Be Fooled Again by The Who. (laughs) And, And here comes my best one. You ready? Hillary, yes. Have a cigar. Have a cigar by the Who. Have a cigar. <laughs> Pink Floyd. Excuse me. Excuse me. Pink Floyd. Uh, Pink Floyd. Have a cigar. I would. By the, by the... <laughs> I guess I would go. And Scott, thank you so. I always look forward so much to your calls. Uh, Scott, thank you for the call. My only response would be, um, I don't know the name of the song, but I know that uh, the uh, I, I know that in uh, in uh, Spinal Tap. There is a song, uh, uh, and the part of the lyric of which is uh, "mud flap, big mud flaps, my baby's got 'em." This is Jay Severin, Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show. With partners, one 888 The best partners um, there could ever be. one 888 Again, uh, thank you, Scott, and let me double down a bit on where that led us. For, forget Hillary Clinton losing this campaign because of a scandal. Forget it. <laughs> Forget it. I mean, now I hate this. I, I, I hate that I feel this way. I hate that I must say this to you. I hate that it is a fact, but facts are stubborn things. And this is the fact. The fact is that Hillary Clinton is virtually impervious to anything she does, denying her where she is as of today, which is poised to become president, which is where this chronic, anti-American, lying, criminal witch has directed every fiber of her being 
forever. She is about to grasp it. She's about to realize it. Can she be stopped? Yes. But it is truly said that only we can stop her. And what I mean by that is every time you hear there's a new email, like yesterday, there was a story that House Republicans found new emails and they sent a letter to the attorney general saying we demand that you look at these and you prosecute Hillary Clinton is guilty of perjury before Congress, and we can, we prove it in this letter, and we demand action. The Attorney General has already thrown that in the garbage can, and it will never see the light of day, and there is nothing that is going to cripple Hillary's campaign of her own doing. Nothing. Nothing. The one thing you can rely on, the one thing, is there's a silent majority for Trump or there ain't. The one thing you could count on is that the evidence that says Americans who vote believe the country is on a dangerously bad track and thus they want to change things, that exists, that dynamic exists, or it does not. But the media that hates you and you hate it back, they want a story. And Hillary still ahead by 10 points is ceasing to become a story. Remember that. A Trump comeback, that's a story. Polls tighten, that's a story. There's no way the mainstream media will report for the next 80 days that it's already over. No way. If Trump doesn't make this a race, the media will make it a race for him. There is going to be a re-examination of this because the media has to sell papers. And Hillary still ahead doesn't. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.